0: I'm going to talk about prayer life for a second. Have any of you um, ever lost your keys? Yeah? Did you pray? (laughs) I was convicted a little bit this morning. It was uh, 7.15 and I was needing to be out the door and I couldn't find my keys and that is not like me. I am pretty much a creature of habit. I come in and set that stuff down. Boy, did I pray this morning. A little conviction there was... Boy, I was praying earnestly then because my keys were lost. Maybe I need to pray a little more earnestly for those things that are mundane. That was just kind of a a rabbit trail. I will not go further on that. But think about it. How's your prayer life? This morning, as we read the revelation of Jesus by two people in the temple, Simeon and Anna. It's amazing to uh, compare and contrast them to what we have been looking at the expectancy of Advent service, so the Advent season, to the coming of the promised Messiah. And we had talked earlier that it can be kind of ho hum, we can get lulled into this idea of the season of yeah, okay, Advent and then Christmas and the baby's born and then we go through this season here. Pretty soon uh Pastor Ken's gonna talk about stewardship and then oh man. And then we have Easter and I mean not that we're really like that, but can we get a little bit complacent? Can we get a little bit kind of in a lull and and, and lose the wonder of what we're hearing can we can we actually just think to the point that we already know it been there, done that got the t-shirt that's what the world says right? can we get to the point where we're like mm, mm, what's in it for me? I know I do a lot of times I you know what's in it for me we uh, in our men's group this last week uh, I had an opportunity to study a week's worth of devotions by a man, um, Francis Chan. And generally, uh, in the past, I'd read him and I was not, um, I was not overly impressed. Nice man, good points. Uh, but this week, he really nailed it. And it really works to put a bookend to the season, but also to open up the next season. And it ties in with the vision that I have for this church. Francis Chan opened the uh, opened up this week with a, a story about his daughter, and she had gotten a D uh, in a on a test, and that was just not done in his house. He said um, he he talked about uh, that. Grades are important, and I'm I'm sure you instilled that on all of your children. And so the little girl came home, and she was afraid of what was going to happen. And so what do you think he did? Well, he took her out to dinner. And then he took her out to ice cream. And she said, why are you doing this? And he said, daughter, the reason I'm doing it is because I need you to experience grace. You got a D. A lot of people would punish their children for that. I'm giving you grace so that you have a taste of what grace is like. Further, he told a story about the GPS in his car. Do you guys have a GPS in your cars or Anything? Or you got it on your phone, you ever used it? What happens when you make a wrong turn? Recalculating, right? And back in the old days, they used to have CD-ROMs or CDs that you would put in there to keep the keep it up to date because, you know, we're always building around here and roads change and all that stuff. And there was a funny commercial on TV where this guy's name's uh, Mayhem and he was a pitch man for Geico and and he's like, he's an actual physical person, but he's like in the car looking up at the driver and the camera's on him. He says, yeah, I'm your, uh, your 10-year-old GPS system and since you haven't updated me in a while, I'm pretty much winging it right now. And then he goes, right turn, now! And then there's this horrific crash. And then he goes, recalculating. Francis Chan talks about his. He says, when I make a, a mistake, let's say I get distracted and I miss my turn, The voice comes on, and it says, recalculating. But he says, what I hear is, Francis, you made a wrong turn. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. It may take a little longer. But I'll get you there. So listen careful. Listen carefully to me. And next time, you won't get lost. So Francis says, that's what I think the Holy Spirit has done in my whole life. He says, recalculating. It'll take a little bit longer now because you really, really messed up. But don't worry. I will get you there. And at some point, he says, though we have to listen, we have to trust that God's word is trying to direct us. It's time to listen to the instructions God gives. Today's readings. God, we hear some promises. Promises of Him returning His people to glory, to giving them other lands that belong to other nations, restoring and rebuilding. They messed up. God said, recalculating we read through the Old Testament, there's a lot of recalculating. They're actually kind of a funny thing about the 40 years in the deserts and they're going like this and they're doing this and all of a sudden you go, you see this recalculating and Moses says, stop it! Have you had recalculating done in your life? Can you look back over 2017? Maybe he's working recalculating on you right now. What tools does he give us for GPS. In your Pew Bible on page 1591, we just read the account of Jesus, the firstborn, coming into the temple. There were people that prepared the road, prepared the way, people that were GPS systems before him. First one was John the Baptist. Remember that? Prepare the way. Then you see Simeon. He reveals who he is. He says, thank you, Lord. Now you can allow me to go in peace. Anna says who he is, points it out, recalculating. There were people in that temple. They didn't listen. They saw this little baby, and it was just like any other baby. They saw this woman that had been there for all this time. They ignored her. How much sense does that make? Have you ever done that in your car and just ignored everything on your GPS system? I'm expecting mine to get mad at me. I don't even know why I even talk to you. You never listen to me. Turns it off. But our Heavenly Father doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit doesn't do that. He recalculates. Washed in the Word. We have a new Bible study I talked about, it's called Romans. The vision for this church is to be a Bible-based, Bible-knowledgeable church. One that you are equipped as disciples to go out and give every man an answer. We've talked about that. A friend of mine said to me recently, it's amazing what rolls off of my lips. He said, yeah, I know, I've been around you a while. He goes, no, 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 when I'm talking about, when I'm talking to people and, and, and it comes up, I have an opportunity to share Jesus. He says, it just, just comes. Well, I can tell you the reason that is is because this friend of mine is in the Bible a lot, not just on Sunday, but he's in Bible study, a couple of them. Are you being washed in the word? You got to plug the GPS system in. You got to turn it on in order for it to work. And Romans is a perfect book to get started on. Oh, I've been through Romans before. Really? How many chapters are there? might want to consider it. You don't have to stay after church here. I'll make it available to you. I'll give you a copy of the study notes, but I'd like for you to read it. Romans has the way to change people's lives. Who do we know that has done that? Martin Luther himself went from a legalistic monastery of being uh, a monk, an Augustine monk, and he read through Romans and Paul's letter and talked about grace through faith. And that yoke that was hard, that burden that was heavy was released from him and he went on to, well, here we are. He got recalculated through the word. How are things going in your life right now? Are they a mess? Sure, various, you know, defined mess. We all have stuff. Stuff. what do we do when we have stuff that we have to deal with? I don't know, we distract. Maybe we go on our, whatever that is, right? Maybe we do this, you know. Maybe we do this. I don't know, what do you do? I'm gonna challenge you to um, take an hour out of your week one whole hour, one uninterrupted hour that you might spend watching TV. Boy, the hours fly when you do that, don't they? That's how we used to tell the kids, well, how long are we going to be in the car? It's going to be four roly poly olies, 30 minutes each, they could picture that, okay? So I'm going to challenge you, one hour a week, get into Romans. One hour. Also, something else that I just did day before yesterday, I listened to Romans. You know, that you can go on the internet or on your phone, you can get an app or you can you know, have a grandchild or somebody bring up Romans on your computer or on theirs and you can listen to it. When you read a letter, do you read the whole letter at once or do you just read a few you know, paragraphs and then set it down and check it out the next week? I know the answer to that. 16 chapters is how many is there. Why don't you sit down and listen to Romans in one sitting. Just listen. I'm not going to ask you to recite it to me afterwards. Just listen to it. Somebody just caught me. Just listen to it. And then listen to it again. It will bless you. Just like it blessed Martin Luther. Last thing I want to point out when we read this today, and when, and again, the the theme was ho-hum, ho-hum, Oh brother," you know, and, and maybe I'm I'm putting projecting that onto you, um, and if I am, I apologize. But when we when we read the the psalm, and and we hear, "Great are the works of the Lord; they are pondered by all who delight in Him. Glorious and majestic are His deeds," you know. Do we look at the Word and do we just start to feel kind of like, you know, yawn maybe? Well, Francis Chan this last week in this devotion was saying, do you know that these things, this is the Word of God, that we don't tremble at the Word of God anymore? Didn't you tremble when we read the Gospel or the Old Testament? None of you are trembling right now. But uh, well, it was a little chilly. But but, do you tremble at the word of God? I have to I'll be honest. No, I didn't. But this is a great little reminder here. Do anyone remember the story of the Mount of Transfiguration? They go up there, and all of a sudden, Jesus is transformed, transfigured, shining. Moses and who were up there? Elijah. And Peter kind of said what? Hey, it's good we're here, right? Peter, love Peter. Peter says, hey, let's build three tents, you know? And then what happened? We heard the word of the Lord. And he said, This is my son, whom I love. Listen to him. They trembled. In fact, they trembled so much, they fell on their faces. The big fisherman, right? The guy that was chopped off an ear. Trembled. Boy, I'm getting goosebumps now. We just read the word of the God. The word of God, telling about little baby Jesus going into the temple, the word of God, when it came to the time for the purification rites required by the law of Moses. Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Then, a man called Simeon, who was righteous and devout, he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was on him. He was preparing the way. People said, why are you always here, Why don't you just go die? You're old. But he was preparing the way and then he said, moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, we should tremble at that. We should tremble when we hear the words when Jesus was baptized. Again, it says, Behold, a voice was heard, and it said, This is my son. With him I am well pleased. Tremble. It's like, well, Pastor Ken, I don't hear him. Well, recalculating, he's he's in the word. You need to wash in the word. You need to have a new look at it. I'm praying for you harder than I prayed for my keys this morning, that you will tremble when you read the word of God. My job here is to to point to you that you need Jesus. That's the function of the law. I also have to know at a certain point, and it's not an exact science, even Luther said this, but there's a difference between giving to somebody that is comfortably in sin and somebody that is standing on the edge of a building ready to jump. The one that's comfortable in sin, that living in their own understanding, that's not in the word, that just goes through the motion, he needs the law or she needs the law. She needs somebody to boldly, but in love, say, you're in need of recalculating. Is that You? Or are you on the edge? Are you ready to jump? Or is everything just so lousy that's going on? There is no consolation. There is no peace in your life. My job is to say, you need Jesus. My job is to say, here is Jesus. He never left you. He covered you when you were baptized. You got the Holy Spirit in you when you were baptized. That's the Holy Spirit that says, hey kid, it's hard. You made a mistake. But I'm going to direct you. And finally my job is, as your pastor, as your ordained servant of Christ, is to say, Come. Here is Jesus. Come, touch, taste, be washed by the word. That's recalculating, eternal recalculating. My prayer is that you will have hope. We just had that blue season, now it's white, it's beautiful. Christ. Without blemished, you are covered in his beautiful righteousness. And in Romans, it'll explain how and why. By what he did for you on the cross. By what he gives you at this feast. As we come together as one body united side by side. Not one better than the other, but all in need of a savior. Here he is. Here he is.